We are Green Room Radio. Welcome back to the show, Super James. True and Domo checking in What's for uh, another What's episode. Up? What up, what up? 2023 is here. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> yeah, we got a, got a special hip-hop, guest today. Hip-hop royalty in the building, man. DC. Yes. Welcome to this. Do you hate those intros? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Like, keep it coming. <laughs> you know. Hey, keep before it. we get started, uh-huh. I got some off my chest. Uh-oh. Sprinkle. I hate doing that, but everybody. <laughs> I, I know that. I know that. that like I know that's your wow. ice cream brand. There's an ice cream brand. Is that oh, like really? a? Is that like a walk up to you and ask you to do that type thing when yeah. when people see you? Everybody just, you know, that commercial came out during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it brought so many people joy because that's what everybody needed. And everybody yeah. was stuck at home. I was gonna say like people that wouldn't normally see watch so TV when, or whatever they had to saying, watch it. When you were saying sprinkles, so that was on ice cream. You weren't talking about the sprinkles, the cupcake people, right? Mm-mm. Okay. No, no, no. That yeah, was the what, what? What brand was the? I know he the did commercial. Something. Yeah, the Geico commercial, right? Yeah, yeah, at yeah. the end. So going into the Geico commercial because I'm an actor, I prepared. I could have just went in like. Were you anybody the lizard else. guy on there? Hey, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I'll take that lizard that, guy's money. <laughs> yeah, that guy's paid. But going in, I'm an actor, so I'm like, let me prepare some things because I want to make this my own. And I was like, I know kids love sprinkles. I don't know why. Oh, so that was you. That was a you thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I don't know why, but director. I know we got to have sprinkles. So I had like four different sprinkles, and I had. The old little, you know, LeBron James doing the chalk. We're going to do sprinkles. I had the salt <laughs> bag. We're going to do sprinkles. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sprinkle food fight. Like, I've just made up stuff just in case they're like, well, show us what you want to do. You know, I could do it. You walked in ready to go. I walked in ready to go, prepared. <laughs> I had like seven things. You know, the the spinning scoop. Yeah. I was like, I need a spinning scoop, but I couldn't find nobody to fabricate it. They were like, it'll be done for you, DC. I was like, whoa. Big time, <laughs> right? It is. And so, so did uh, when when uh, when they approached you guys was scoop there it is. <laughs> was there was it they, a yes you guys right did away? Scoop there it is in concert too, Donna. Yeah. Was I it a yes it. right away, or did you did you have any any second so, thoughts? So on here's it? here's why what I do is special because 2011, I get a call. I'm DJing at the club. I get a call like DC, you got to come to the front door, get the phone. I was like, man, take a message. Like, this girl will not get off the phone. I'm like, which one of these heavens I done, I'm thinking. But I was like, let me was go. That a, was that a scare right there? So this is when there was still the corded phone? Huh? Still like a corded phone, not a cell phone? No, no, no. But it oh. was, you know, it was at the front door. At the front door, front door right? yep. And so I said, look, I'm working. The record about to go off. You got to call me at this number in the morning. She was like, okay. It was a reporter from the New York Times. And she was like, I could not find you for nothing. I said, well, she said, it took me hours to find you. I said, well, what's up? She's like, have you read the Gawker article? And the Gawker article was everybody in the world thought Barack Obama was in our video. Boom, there it is. Because <laughs> they took a frame and it looked L.A. Snow from the group Deuce, who made the song Look at Them Daisy Dukes on. Yeah. He looked exactly like a young Barack Obama. So everybody's oh, blowing up my phone. And for <laughs> oh, two weeks, shit. I'm doing ABC, NBC. CNN, but where, Jenny where, someone just brought it up randomly, like what Gawker? That's what Gawker used to oh, do. Okay, you know just, I mean? Gawker just was like, like the trying, the big yeah, troll yeah, yeah. back then before okay. trolling was trolling. Yeah. So he started the rumor. Yeah, yeah, they started the they rumor, started the and rumor. they had the little picture. But you know, everybody kind of hated him. So did you know? Just, did you know who they were talking about when they first said that right away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you already knew. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I looked, I saw the picture. I was like, that's no, but I'm gonna play with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for two weeks, we ran we ran the gauntlet of everything press, and it pissed me off at the end of that two weeks because I had no money to show for it oh man and i'm the type of this has been my thing that 
when something like that happens, I vow that that shit will never happen again. And that's what started my search engine optimization career. The ability to get on the front page of Google to get your money. Right. And fast forward 2020, we're in the middle of the pandemic. I get a call from my acting agent, Lena. She's like, DC, you just booked a Geico commercial. It's like, why are you playing with me? I didn't even audition for no Geico commercial. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and she's like, no, DC tag team. And I was like, oh shit. So I go check the tag team phone. Sure enough. Hey DC, this is Ashley with Geico. We want to put you guys in the commercial, but boom, 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 boom. But they didn't wait for me to call back. They went to my IMDB because all my profiles are filled out immaculately. Oh, and wow. now they call my agent and she calls me. And I'm like, well, shit. You hadn't even read the text and the deal was already done? It's already <laughs> done. So I was like, I had to explain them the whole saga <laughs> tag team. And then the, with the owner of the agency. And she's like, tell them we want this, 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 and this. And they gave us this, this, that, and some of that. And it's the biggest deal I've ever made in my life. Whoa. Those commercials and, are no joke. And that. that's when the hard part started because it was like, okay, we got we got a commercial, and it was like, we go, it's going to be called Soup. There it is. I was like, man. So I'm looking for I'm looking for the oh, wow. I'm looking for the Seinfeld Soup Nazi uh, episodes because I'm trying to get ideas and yeah, shit, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, no, 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 we're going to do ice cream. And I was like, hell yeah, because that took me back to my childhood because my father used to we used to make homemade ice cream, and he put he'd get the big cylinder and he put the egg, sugar, vanilla, and you know, the uh, just uh, strawberries, and we get the ice ray with the rock salt, and we just, me and my brother just cranking it, cranking it, cranking it. <laughs> and 20 minutes, we got big scones with two kids eating ice cream. And I wanted to bring that essence to it for everybody. And that's what happened. And that day, and we shot this shit in the middle of COVID. I mean, we got tested so many times, and it was. Where was this at? What's Atlanta. State? Atlanta. Right. And it just, it was, it was incredible because just like our show was, that energy, yeah. that was the energy all day long. And they couldn't believe, they still got energy and it's been eight hours. <laughs> like, that's what we do. Like, this so gotta be. So years of doing it. Yeah. And, yeah. and so then it was over. And now I'm sitting here waiting. They send it to me. And I look at it a hundred times and I'm trying to find fault. And I cannot find anything. And they dropped a Christmas night. And changed the game. That was tw Christmas 2020? Christmas 2020. Yeah, cr Christmas 2020. That night, we had a global YouTube campaign. So anybody type in YouTube, we're, that picture is on the front. Wow. That's crazy. And it was instant. <laughs> and then you, so you brought up the scoop. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then so this was a year later when we were supposed to do this big, promotion in new york but then the the omicron variant came and crushed everything and shut everything yeah. down again oh, yeah. mm -hmm. so they're like we still want to do it but we're going to do it we're going to build we're going to make our ice cream so we got mikey likes it ice cream in new york he does like a lot of hip-hop ice creams mm -hmm. so he did this one and we had a sweepstakes where if you make a tiktok video how much you love the commercial you get a pint of ice cream and it was incredible. Did you guys ever distribute or is it was just on I tried, but yeah. it was like, it, you know, that's one timing. of the things you got to hit when the iron's hot. Yeah. Geico ain't in the business of making ice cream. Right. right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, it's like two, like, two yeah, different worlds. It's like four different worlds. Say, yeah. they, I'm trying to make pitches for it. I'm trying to do it. But I learned from that. So I'll be prepared next time. Right. Like that's this experience taught me make pitches for everybody. 
I make pitches for NBA teams, everybody to do shows, promoters, everybody. Send them a pitch. It's yeah. almost like I be telling people, I talk to people all the time. It's like I'm putting together this little pamphlet. It's like a lookbook. They're like, you don't need to do that. Just send them emails. Like, no. Because if I sent five lookbooks and you just had them laying around, but the shit is dope, you see a picture like, what the fuck is that? Damn, that shit is dope. And you open it and you look at it, and I'm planting another seed. Oh, yeah. It's old school. Everyone it's, else is sending emails. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's old school yeah. because now you have something that you can hold. It's almost like a demo tape, the yeah. right demo tape. You see what I'm saying? Makes 100% sense. You got you to gotta go back to the old school and use those tactics, but in a different way, in an innovative way that is is today. Did you you still send a pitch deck, you know, in emails or yeah. in whatever, but, you know, you hear people talk about, I'm going to send an electronic press kit, and it's like, why are you doing that? It's because, well, it depends on how you do it, right? So if you do it where it's just eye candy, then that's what helps. That's why every show I hire a photographer. You see Scribble had photographers, videographers, because it makes you look epic. It, it It's real now. Mm-hmm. When a person sees a picture of you, it's real. Yeah. As opposed to a selfie or you right, trying to right, do right. your own. It's you know a big, what I'm saying? big difference from, yeah, But then yeah. I'm a fashion photographer, so therefore I can retouch my own thing. I can do all the graphic. Like, I've learned to do everything, but that came from the clubs. Because you have to make yourself invaluable. Mm-hmm. I'm not just your DJ. I'm your light guy. I'm your sound guy. I'm your fashion photographer. I'm your, uh, uh, I do all the voiceover for your television commercials, voiceover for your radio spots. You have to hire 10 people to do what I do. So I got all these streams of income coming, especially with strip clubs. Cause this just strip club to me is the game show where you get in the cylinder. You got a minute to get all the money that's floating around. (laughs) (laughs) That's an eight hour period. Yeah. And I was masterful at it. I would walk out. Because I, I would make sure everybody else had their money. And then everybody's hitting me 10, 20, 50, 100. And I walk out with that. Plus, I'm getting paid. Plus, I do all the marketing. Plus, I do this. Plus, I do that. Plus, I'm hustling mixtapes. Plus, I'm selling food. Plus, I'm selling hand fans because women's hair get hot. Plus, I'm selling. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Hustle. And everything is about, everything is about pain points. What's pain points for women? Black women, their hair gets hot. It could be cold outside, but if their hair gets hot and they just done it, it pisses them off because now I sweat it out. Yeah. <laughs> so these or I got these Oriental hand fans from New York. The most incredible win. I get them for a dollar, sell them for fifteen. <laughs> I will go up to New York and get all the knockoff shit. Come yeah. back down. Dan Diamond better be paying attention to this. It, what else are you selling them? Huh? Uh, what arts are you selling the women? Whatever they want. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, I, I now I could have set up like the house mom, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I wasn't gonna do like it. I, I, I had even thought about learning how to sew so I could sell costumes. Ooh, I, I used to sell weave. Yeah. I used to sell, because it's that game show. It's Did you say weave or weed? Hair weave. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I saw weed too. <laughs> that, remember back when they had the cans? Yep, they screwed off. Sure do. Yeah, she she speaks a lot of of house moms used, yeah, saying she buys, moms they bring in did. food I dinner. I actually got now this house mom at the club. I dance at a hippo. Mm-hmm. Dude, she's killing it. She's making yeah. She's making these nice meals, healthy yes, meals. Healthy meals. I'm yeah. like, meal prepping. I never called yeah. a house mom a house mom, but I was like, mom, what's for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what happens, yeah. right? I I started doing that because I used to sell porn videos because I was telling you that. I'd had one of the first black porn sites, afrosex.com. 
And I used to get the box. I used to get the, the videos too, but I would sell them at the club real time. Oh shit! And I would have some of the girls. They'd be like, "That let me give me a, give me a handful of them." She come back with a whole bunch of money. And I was wow. like, "Here, man." She's like, "I don't want no money. This shit is fun. It gets me table dancing, <laughs> right?" It's like an icebreaker, like icebreaker, right? So, yeah. but see, that's how you teach you teach people how to make money. Right? See, giving me ideas. See, I yeah, see, I see yeah. girls like especially at places out here like Spearmint Rhino. Mm-hmm. That's why I said I feel like they need a leader like you because they almost become robots. Yeah. Do you want to go to the back room? Do you want to go to the back room? Oh my god! But it's like they could be selling so many different things. Oh my god! I like these to dances. take my time, build a little rapport. Before yeah, I get but then into that. that's how the game. But those videos, those videos were were their way oh, of the doing video. that. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, should, yeah. I should bring yeah. my videos. Yeah, and and yeah, I was like, well, what can I do? He's like, you cook good, don't you? Like, yeah. She's like, make me, make me a banana pudding. I said, all right. Made her banana pudding, but all the girls were downstairs in the dressing room. It was like, make me one. Make so that I made eight. I was gonna make you know I make a pound cake you know I make a pecan pie so now I'm making pies selling pies <laughs> for fifteen dollars a pop yeah, because I, everybody I else I, wants one. I thought yeah. I was like, I like you don't do no food so I was like okay I'll do some greens and cornbread Ooh. and they were like you can't have no greens without no meat and then that's what started me doing plates and then I was doing soul food I was walking in the door <laughs> with seven hundred and fifty dollars off of plates. Man, I'm going to say this before again. Dan, Dan Diamond better be listening to this show right I mean, now. One summer, the air conditioner, you know, you've probably been through this where the owner is so cheap that he don't want to fix the air conditioner because it makes everybody drink. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So I took advantage of that by going to where all everybody goes and gets the ice cream, get the dries, get a big giant cooler and just fill it with bomb pops and popsicles and ice cream sandwiches <laughs> and shit. And I, was, I, I would get maybe $100 worth of ice cream and walk out with $700. Because oh you gotta, God. you you gotta, you gotta fill people's pain points. That, What's their what pain I'm, point? I'm, I'm right now. I'm thinking about some of these DJs that I see at the strip clubs, and they're just back there looking like they're dying and shit. Like, like they're just stuck in a mold. And I'm like, now I'm like, now I'm like, well, I'm gonna be like, you guys got to get off your ass and start creating these you know, Hey man, you know what I would do? I would go in, and I would go hard, like it was a thousand people in the club. And you will people into the club that way. Club would always fill up because I went hard. Because if you're not going hard, people going to walk in and walk out. Mm-hmm. Right? And I run through the list fast. Like, well, I got to go and say nobody in here. Just get up there and dance three songs. I'll make it quick. Next thing you know, somebody walk in and throw $100 on stage. They're like, because it was popping. Energy yeah. is energy. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. Yeah, Energy moves people, especially when they don't expect it. Right. So when if it's slow to somebody else, this is my opportunity to to break it. Let's go hard as you can just to see what happens. Right. That's it. And I've done that. We do that with tag team shows for, you know, sometimes not lately. It hasn't been like that in years, but there were times where no, your guys's energy was through the roof. Nobody would be there. The promoter yeah, didn't yeah. do what he's supposed to do. Or yeah. Early, early time time slot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. but it's like I didn't care because. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go hard because ain't nothing but practice. Yep. So let me go out there and go hard. And those five, six people that were out there appreciated that shit so much. Hell yeah. They're, yeah. they're tag team fans forever because we gave everything we had to them. Took pictures with them, signed autographs, everything. Right? Mm-hmm. You give what you want first. Right? And it was hard because we only got one song. So it was like, well, can you do an hour? Well, yeah. Because I'm going to do an hour. <laughs> so I said, okay, you got to be a better entertainer. So I said, first half I'll DJ because the '90s set is always going to be the '90s set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just DJ. That's 
secondhand to me. I'm playing the set that I grew up on my whole life, right? So that's the first half hour. But then I was like, I took comedy classes so I could write material to segue songs that people didn't know. So we do a song that people don't know real quick. And then I say, all right, boom, 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 and talk shit and be, be, be having everybody laughing because I'm telling jokes, but I'm not. I'm talking to the people. I'm entertaining. We're having mm-hmm. a conversation. And then back into another song, into another song. And then next thing you know, we're at Woomp, and then all bets are off, right? Yeah. Because that's what they came for. But at the same time, you just you weren't just up there saying what everybody else. You've seen groups where they get up there and they just do party sayings, and it's the same old party. Uh-uh. We, you know, and then that evolved into, wait a minute, I'm a fucking DJ. If I <laughs> Why is was everybody DJing, a DJ? If I was DJing back in the day, the dance clubs, and I played a fucked up record and everybody got off the floor, best believe I have another record to get them back. Mm-hmm. He said, we're not going to let the music stop. And the music don't stop. It's a mixtape. Our show is a mixtape. From beginning to the end. And that's how you keep the energy. Plus, you just got to, you. that is my gift. It always has been. It always will be. Because at the beginning of hip-hop, there was only one question. Can you rock a party? Can you move a crowd? And that's what I've lived my life by. Right? So everything I do, I'm going hard. What what part of New York were you from? Not from New York. I mean, what am I talking about? What part of the ATL? Buckhead. Buckhead. I, w- I, I, I lived maybe mm. a couple miles from Buckhead. When I first got to the city, I just drove around. And I got to Lenox Road. How did, how did you meet uh, Steve? Me and Steve been... Boy, since was high he, school, was he DJing at all or anything he, like that? He's what he's kind of what started me DJing. Like I went, I switched high schools when we were. Uh, I went from a Catholic school to the public school because I just didn't like the cat. I was like, I need to go be with my friends because I stayed in the hood, but not the hood, but I stayed in the part where all my friends were. Mm-hmm. But they weren't going to the Catholic. They school. weren't going to the Catholic school. My parents were like you gonna get an education, so I was like, my mom worked by the high school close to her, so. I got to go to school called Manual High School. And I met Steve 11th grade because. Oh. Yeah, DPS. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you from Denver? Yeah. What? <laughs> See, that, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. yeah I'm a manual, manual Thunderbolt through and through. I was and gonna, real quick, though. Uh, so you, you were born in Denver, though? No, I was born in Chicago. Oh, okay. But we moved to Denver when I was four. Okay. And, and then, I had okay, the, the greatest childhood ever because Denver was set up. For kids to be able to do everything, you could take the bus anywhere because the bus ran north and south. Mm-hmm. So they had routes on every single street where you can go north and south. We would go all over the city. You could ride your bikes to everywhere. You could ride your bikes downtown. You could ride the city park. You could ride off to the Washington Park. You could walk. We got to play. There was always fields everywhere because every every junior high school kid at high school had a, a field. Smiley mm-hmm. High School, right? So I met Stephen because. My last name's Glenn, his last name's Gibson, so we sat next to each other in homeroom. <laughs> so they'd put you in alphabetical order? Yeah, they put us in alphabetical uh. order, right? <laughs> and and then next to him, got to the P's, the ones I want our partners, Otis P, and Steve and him had a band. And I was like, they would play in the quad during lunchtime sometimes. I was like, I got to be in that fucking band. And I just begged them. I just beat their head in. I was like, you got to let me in the, in the, in, in the band. And then I worked in the truancy office, and I used to hear the choir down the hall. It's like I got to be in that choir. 
What what instruments were you guys? Was Steve and them playing? Steve in the played band? the drums. How he played the bass. Me and Matt, me, Matt, Man, and Wayman were lead vocals. Uh, Georgette played the boards. Kerry Kirkendall played boards. Then we had other guys who would play here and there, right? Mm-hmm. But once I got in, I was the hustler. I would go get us gigs. I'd find us gigs. I'd make sure everybody had drumsticks and guitar strings. Like I kept I. I really worked my ass off. So you always had that mentality wow. even before the Yeah, that's why that's why I keep thinking New York cuz I'm like, man, you move so fast. <laughs> no. yeah. But it's but you know how it happened? So that's how me and Steve met in high school. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing we the first high school dance I went to at Manual. This was like 83. Was it 83? No, it was 82. And the songs that were out were just came out Planet Rock. Pack Jam. Uh, so all the Soul Sonic Force stuff, Kraftwerk, all that, and I saw them DJing. Steve, Man Man, Ricky Springs, cats from they were DJing our high school party. I got to do that, <laughs> and I went and found a Sherwood, a raggedy Sherwood turntable, and a raggedy Newmark with a Radio Shack mixer. It's always the Radio and, Shack and, mixer, and, and tore up my father's <laughs> tore up my father's records, <laughs> and everybody in the neighborhood laughed at me. And here I stand today. <laughs> if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be doing this. So going back to, and this is this is about, I'm writing a book now. And the book is called Mindset to Mastery. Because everybody wants to know, how the fuck do you be, how did you get like this? Because your hustle and your energy is just off the charts. And it's just like, I've always kind of been like this. But I got like this from my parents. Because I've been, I've been stemming green, collard greens, and shucking peas since I was five years old. My mother had a prep cook. Father used to make us wash the cars, shovel the snow. Oh, man. Rake the, rake the leaves, all that stuff. But they gave us choices. It's like, okay, if you don't go to church, you ain't going to go play with your friends. Or if you don't clean up, you can't go play with your friends. And back then, play was everything. So you tried it once or twice, but then it was like, ah, I'm not going to test that no more. <laughs> They're for real. And then <laughs> uh, so he knows about this. We had It was the blizzard of 82. No, it was the blizzard. It was a blizzard before then. I think I was eight or nine. We were one of the only families that had a snowblower, Denver, Colorado, just in our neighborhood. And we're just kids playing in the snow because we're shooting all on the house and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but then Mr. Grant next door is struggling. So I'm like, Mr. Grant, I got you. And then we just did the whole block. And then next week, me and my brother coming home from school, people were pulling us to the Hey, come here. It's $20. I was like, Man. what? <laughs> I said, my parents is only giving me level. $5 a week for allowance. <laughs> and that's, and that, back then, that was good, right? Yeah. And it was like, wow. And a hustler was born. That's mm. what I, I don't think these California people here understand the yeah. snowblower yeah, and how yeah, cool yeah, that yeah, shit Yeah, but was. you know what I'm saying. But they understand raking leaves. They understand. Uh, yeah. There's other shit they Same understand. Same stuff. Mowing yeah, the yeah, lawn. Yeah, mowing the lawn, all that stuff. And then I had a paper route. I worked for uh, the Rocky Mountain News, right? And had a little four-block paper route and got up every morning at 5 o'clock and did that. And you, they, you hear entrepreneurs saying that's if somebody had a paper out, they hustle because like mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes a lot for a kid to get up and do that. And then I, when I was about 12 or 13, I worked at the AV department at the university because all I had to do was just wheel around AV equipment, projectors and screens and TVs and shit. So I had to do was wheel it around. <laughs> then, then it's ironic because I worked 14. I worked at Dolly Madison ice cream. 
Ice cream. I was right. going to say this ice, ice cream, cream keeps popping up, man. Keeps popping up. You were meant to do yeah, that commercial. Yeah, yeah. Ice cream, yeah. popsicles. Did that. Yeah. And then 16, here's the thing. I said, Dad, I can go work at Mile High Stadium and sell Pepsis at the Bronco games. He's like, man, fuck that. They're going to take advantage of you, blah, 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 blah. He's just protecting his son. I was like, please let me do this. Said, All right, they're going to take advantage of you. And I went. And I worked my first game in my high state. Pepsi, get your Pepsi. That's how I used to do. I was had to laugh. That's where the the, the voice, the voice comes over. from. Nah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Just that, that, that cadences and different singing along, and you know, just it's, making it. And people like, hey, give me five of those because it was a pipe piper type situation. That's what I figured out. <laughs> yeah, like I yeah. always figure shit out. And the first day I worked at my high stadium, I came home with three hundred dollars and quarters. Oh, <laughs> put them on the table. Gosh. My father just had to give it up. Yeah. Wow, shit! And I probably would make about five hundred dollars every time we did it. Then Steve would work at my high state, and that's what got me to go to college. That's what got me the turntables. That's what got me two new marks, a good mixer, right? And I go to Sac State, and now I'm in California. I'm like, whoa, I like this. And I'm thinking I'm this big shit DJ, so I go to the Q's to the fraternities, and I'm like, let me DJ your party. So the cues like, we got you, bro. And it was the worst DJ experience I've ever had to this day because <laughs> I was high smoking green bug because that was in Northern California and that was at Humboldt County. Yeah. All, I, all, yeah. all, my, all the dudes was from Humboldt County and Northern California came down and went to Sac State and they always had the greatest incredible weed, especially back then in like I think the they 80s. still do. But yeah, you know, but, say, but, yeah, but, but like the 80s, the, the stuff that they're smoking now, we were smoking back then. So I was high, drinking 40s, picked up the, t- the turntable off, the, the needle off the wrong turntable. Uh, the speakers blew. They was ready to whoop my ass. Hey, that's where it came from? <laughs> <laughs> they was ready to get me. And, yeah. you know, I got out of it, and I vowed that that shit will never happen again. And So I at practiced. what age were you when you were doing the That was the college. 18. 18, yeah. And... It has to be tough walking up and down them steps. I see those people, man. That is a grind. What? <laughs> go just going up the and stadium. down. He's the talking st- about the stadium. The stadium. No, but, steps. I mean, you know, but it's... It, Kept it, you in it, shape. It, hey, man, money's money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to sure. walk up some steps to get some money. <laughs> <laughs> they, they make those steps <laughs> Yeah, they make them look like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like... but awkward. But you're young... Yeah, you ain't not, thinking about that. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about that. Those quarters you're taking home. So I go to Sac State and... I'm looking, they had this meeting in the dining commons and they had two big giant ass speakers and a PA system and everything. And I was like, I could throw some parties up in here. (laughs) And I asked, I asked the RAs, I said, Hey man, could I rent out the dining commons and throw a party? He's like, you got to move all those tables and they got to be moved back perfectly when you come back. I was like, cool. And I tried to get all my friends to help me and nobody would help me. So I paid my dues because I would move about about 75 tables 300 chairs by myself, set that shit up and DJ for everybody in the dorms. And then I would sell mixtapes, mixed cassettes at my parties every Friday, hustling, right? And then I used to, and then I was a different type DJ because I loved hip hop. This is the beginning of hip hop. And I would order my records from Bobby G, Bobby Jimmy, and Bobby G in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. legendary. I would order from 12-inch dance records on the East Coast. So now I was getting all those East Coast white labels. 
Like yeah. People don't know that. You remember those subscriptions? I forget what they were called. Oh, yeah, but the you record could, post. You yeah, 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 little, yeah. The little yeah. subscription. But that was that was later. But I yeah. know what you're talking about. The, yeah. the, 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 you get 12 records for a penny or Something. for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that was that was basically a credit hustle, right? Yeah. I did that about four times. My father was like, what the hell is this shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but they said it was for a penny. He's like, boy, don't you know that they... I was like, well, I didn't know. <laughs> so it's like they had to pay that. But it was, you know, that, those are lessons. And... As a DJ, I got good, but because I was playing stuff that people from all over the country were coming to Sac State would know. And I got all these white labels, MC Shan, all Boogie Down Bronx, all the new, all the stuff at the beginning of hip hop with Creensbridge used to battle with the Bronx and uh, uh, Brooklyn and all, everything. I had it all. Plus I had all the stuff from the West Coast, all the Easy E stuff, all that, all that stuff was white labels before it came out. I had their first records, NWA, all that stuff. And back then, it, every back then everything was up tempo because it was Egyptian Lover, Doctor Dre, Surgery. Mm-hmm. Those were the hottest records. Those, those, those yeah, were the yeah, hottest yeah. records back and then, he used right? To dress up like the doctor. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. All that stuff was hot. People, yeah. it it's cringeworthy now, but everybody <laughs> because because I I even cringe. Like it's hard for me with Wound. There it is because of what it is. I love it, but it's you it's know, just a different era. Of this music, is just though. a different era of music, yeah. and we're older, and it's just it's sometimes it's like. <laughs> but I'm a uh, to the bank, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I always yeah. want. I always want to. She's gonna perform that I have every to weekend. Ask, mm-hmm. Where, like, where when you were writing it, like, mm-hmm. where did it come from? Like, where did you think of this? Were okay, so. Jamming? There it is. While well, I was working at Magic City, so as I got good in Sacramento, I'm playing all these parties every Friday, and the pinnacle party was when I got my records that Friday from Twelve Inch Dance Records, and it was my Adidas. And I was like, Run DMC got a new record, hell yeah! And I played my Adidas, but on the other side was Peter Piper. <laughs> wow. And that was the coldest shit I ever heard in my life. At that time, yeah, at that, yeah, that yeah. was probably the coldest record ever made. Mm-hmm. And that night I did the party and I ended up playing Peter Piper like eight times because everybody kept saying, just keep playing it. And we partied and partied. And then I ended up starting to do all, I did every single college party for the rest of my days at college, did all the big festivals and events, did the clubs. Everybody found out about me and I got so much better. And then I came to Atlanta. And just to visit Steve to party for Christmas, it took me straight to Magic City. <laughs> I have five hundred dollars in my pocket. Ma- Magic City is an ATL. So, so for those who don't know, Magic City is the premier world-renowned adult entertainment club for African American. Yeah, you hear about in every rap song. You hear about in every rap song. And that, what, what state is that in? It's in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, I was. And it took me there, and in a half hour, five hundred dollars had disappeared <laughs> don't know how and it i know how it went, it went to tinkle it went to tinkle and sparkle tinkle was this you know how you have you know how they used to say the amazon women the amazon women they had us pictures of the amazon she was an amazon because she was like six foot yeah. stacked all natural right you know the parliament funkadelic album covers girls all the girls look like that even the slim girls were like everything was natural right and sparkle she was five four light-skinned with a big old booty that was just it just she got me and i had to call my mom and get some more money and so we partied that whole week wait did you tell her where you spent it 
No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so we partied that whole weekend, right? We partied that whole weekend, and um, you know, um, I went back to Cali, and I knew where I was gonna go because I was kind of freaking out. I was like, "What the hell am I gonna do?" It was my last year, and shit for me really here in Cali, up northern California, Sacramento, right? You know, I could DJ, but. Something just wasn't right. You didn't want to stay doing that. Yeah, it was yeah, totally yeah, yeah. different music, right? From ATL to Sacramento. Or was it different? Not really. Because well, see, we were because we were talking about that earlier. The, the the records back then were more like they weren't regional like they are now. It's not that. It's that and this is the this is one of the traits of my DJ ability is that I would always get records from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Every region, right? I would get so what I would do. When I got to Atlanta, I would talk to or get subscriptions from all the radio charts, right? And what I realized that in everybody's hood or every city, they're playing a record from the hood in the mix show. So I got to get that record, right? And I would have that record. So if somebody came, everybody used to come visit Magic City when I started working there. Because they had to come to Magic City. And if they hear, if you're from Houston and you hear the hottest record in the streets in Houston, but it ain't popping nowhere else, you're looking at that DJ like, that motherfucker know what he's doing. And that's how I got my reputation. So I always played different records from everywhere. But when I got down there, it was like, that was a land of booty shake. It was like, first record I heard was uh, Success and Effect, Roll It Up. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> And it was, it's all up tempo, mm-hmm. right? But it's in the vein of Egyptian lovers, in the vein of Planet Rock, MC Shadi, gotta be tough. All them, all these cats made these records, Kilo, all of them. So when I get down there, I supposed to have a job at CNN. But when I, I went back to Magic City, cause that night, <laughs> that it was, I think I got there on a Wednesday. We went and seen uh, Spike Lee do the right thing on Friday. And then after that, we went to Magic City and the DJ was drunk and I was like, I can do this. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was like, I went to Big Tim. And I was like, Tim, who's the owner? He's like, Mad right there. Go talk to him. Hey man, you can uh you need DJ? No, I don't need no DJ, but uh come see me Monday. When seen him Monday, he's like, I need a cook. I'm like, all right, you be the backup DJ. So, hey, let's roll. <laughs> I think I cooked two orders of chicken wings and a salad. And the DJ who was DJing. He was like, hey, man, I need to go run some errands. I need to go do something, right? <laughs> and he let me on his turntables. And I bought that energy. And the girls had never seen somebody talk articulate and rock the house and bring money out of men like I had. Because it was simple to me. Did, did you have a strip club voice? No, nah, my voice is the voice I have now. Okay. 10 for the top, 10 for the bottom, no tip, no strip. You know what it is, you know what it's not. <laughs> I need that money. Y'all wow, fucking trip. That's a differential. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but, but, you know, I knew, it, you know, that's the thing. I was, I'm, I'm custom, right? What I do is what I do. And then everybody starts copying me. So I have little skits. I do all kind of stuff. When girls have birthdays, we set it out. It's a production, right? Because I'm always been a showman. I don't know how. I just have been. So so how would you announce uh, Onyx here if she was coming up to stage three? All right, fellas. You've been waiting for her. Stage three is about to be hot as buzzuck. Got my girl. She's about to get it, and you better not be cheap on her ass. 
Here we go. Get that money, girl. Hey. It, it could be anything, yeah. but you got. But it's the crowd, right? You yeah. know who's out there. Like one yeah. of my things was, if ever if it's a pack club, or even if it's not, I would be like, "Hey, y'all!" I stopped the music. Hey, y'all! Come on, man. I said, "I'm not asking for a lot. I'm just asking for a little bit from everybody." If everybody came and put one dollar on the stage, that's a hundred dollars because there's a hundred y'all in the club. Get y'all ass to the stage and put a dollar in the club, motherfucker. Man, a dollar, nigga. Throw twenty dollars up there. Next thing you know, stage is full of dollars. Psychology. Well, yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's, it, but I was good at it because it wasn't about dogging people out and talking about the customers and stuff. They ain't, you can't call to buy a broke ass motherfucker and expect them to give you some money. Where they do that at? And that's what would happen. But I'd be like, if everybody gives up two dollars, that's you spent eight dollars an hour. Come on, man. You, you just got to explain it to them, right? Yeah. And then they would, it, 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 it just works, yeah. right? And then you you play the music hard as fuck. You can speed the songs up because now if you got the club popping and you speeding them songs up, that's $10 every song. Songs are 20 seconds short, 30 seconds short. No, I wouldn't. Have to see, I, <laughs> but I'm not like that, right? I'm not going to do the dudes like that. I'm going to give them two verses. If we're on the speed, if we got it on speed. We got on speed, you get two verses and a chorus, and then I'm into the next one because I'm mixing the whole time. I'm not playing song, song, song. I'm mixing. It's a party. Everybody in there dancing. And, the, and this was still with vinyl? Yeah, vinyl. And that was a hard lesson too. But that's, you know, when vinyl switched over, I was like, I'll never do DJ with no damn CDs. But then I got, you know, Life Star passing me by. And I vowed I'd never do that shit again. Yeah, like, I, I, I miss, I thought, you know, the biggest thing with the DJ show is, you know, it felt like part of the show, seeing them turn around, go through the record cases. Hey man, and there's so many ways you can do it. As long as, it, this is why I tell people, as long as the shit is fly, it don't matter. Right? It don't matter how you do it. If it's fly, like, you thought that was, we were making content. That's an iPad. That's like that. It's a mixer. So I pre-record everything. I'll sit there and I'll I'll cut that shit. Now it's 15 minutes just straight. All Steve got boop, boop. So you eliminated boop. the DJ Damn. position. You eliminate yeah. the DJ because <laughs> because promoters can't stand that shit. I saw that. Yeah. I make it, and that's what I tell promoters. I say, look, we'll be the easiest group you've ever worked with. All we need is three mic stands and two mics. We'll do the rest. You don't need no dick, no. And an eighth-inch plug. That's all we need. And... When you do so many shows, you got different shows for every situation, right? 10-minute show, 5-minute show, 20-minute show, 30-minute show, 50-minute show, whatever. What did you guys do in, out here in Vegas for New Year's? 32. 32, yeah. I knew you did multiple songs. Yeah, 32-minute show, but you didn't even know because it was just it went, energy the whole yeah. way. It went fast. Beats yeah. was going. Beats was playing the whole time. And there was yep. a part where you, like, stopped, and I thought it was over. And then you like brought it back yeah. up. I was like, "Damn!" The encore, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that, but yeah. that's but those are transitions. You can tra you could transition that way, right? Mm -hmm. And if those transitions work, those transitions work better than anything because everybody's like, "They were good, wow!" And it's like, "Oh, wait a minute, what the fuck?" And I did. And they're like, when they hear that Tasha, you just see all I see is smiles. Some people are like, I can't believe they fucking doing that shit. 90% of people out there are like smiles. That's how I know the oh, yeah. impact that that commercial had on people because now it's taking them to a place and the whole thing is about 
getting those memories out of people's hearts, right? The memories just overflow. You remember what you were doing, Whoop There It Is. You remember all that shit. The Whoop There It Is was at every wedding, every I mean, everything my entire Baseball life. Game, basketball It still game, is. And, and, everything. And you asked me, how did that happen? And Whoop There It Is was a party saying back in the day, like, throw your hands in the air, wave right. like you just don't care. And yeah. we were making, we're hip-hop. We're from Denver. We're making hip-hop. But we were in the land of booty shape. So when you're in Roman, you got to act like the Romans. I said, hey, Steve, we got to we gotta make an up-tempo cut, dog. I said, just, we knew what, what sample we wanted to use. I said, just think Planet Rock. Because he was like, man, I love bass. But I was like, don't think bass. Think Planet Rock. Go back to the essence of hip-hop. Planet Rock. And he did. And that's where the beat came from. Because we used, um, we used not Orbit, but uh, what did we use? dun 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 I'm getting old. <laughs> anyway, the the sample that we used was Kano, I'm ready, right? Yeah. And that was a big club jam. Disco, electronic, black, white, everything. And everybody remembered it. But the way you had the beat up under it was just like, whoa. And I had a whole book full of rhymes. Room there it is was just the song I wrote. I had I had tried other songs on it, but there it is, stuck. And all we had was the lyrics and the chorus. All that other stuff came in the studio. Can you dig it? Shakalaka. All that stuff well, was just made up on the fly. So when you did it, though, did you, I mean, did you know the impact right at that moment? Like, this is oh, it. Yeah. So it was Thursday in August 1992. We just got out of the studio, and I had to go to work. So I could bring all my records in, set up and everything. Magic City, right? Yeah, Magic City. Mm-hmm. And... I put the cassette in and played it because the first original version was a Magic City version, right? It was a song about Magic City, right? Well, the last verse was a Magic City version. And to this day, there is not another record that has had a bigger response that I've ever played. Like 10 people came to the DJ booth like, what the fuck is that? Man, let me get that. that. Let me get get that, man. I was like, I just did this, dog. It was like, man, you got one, dog. You got one. I was just like, whoa. And I had to wait to the next day because we didn't have cell phones back then, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, Steve, that shit worked. We got a good up-tempo record. But then my hubris as a young man was like, well, shit, every record I do is going to work. So we start, I'm playing all these other songs, and it's banging, but we got other songs that are good and everybody likes. And this is fast forward to maybe November in the fall, one of the girls was like, how come you don't play that Womp There It Is shit no more? And I was like, I'll play it. Play it again, same thing happened. But a guy from uh, Columbia Records was in the house, the rep. Because back then, like I said, the reps used to bring us all our records. Yeah. Right? So I knew every rep from every major label, label. And I was good friends with all of them because I used to help them. It wasn't even, I wouldn't even call it breaking records. The first record that I broke, or the first, I'll tell you how it happened. Doug Craig used to work at A&M Records, or Epic. He bought me a record. He said, man, this record's by Candyman, man. I really believe in this record. It's called Knocking the Boots, man. I was like, <laughs> all right, let me, you know, I'll play it. And he came back a week later. And he's like, so anybody like that Candyman record? I was like, hold on. Candy, you up next. Candy gets on stage. I play the record. And she already got, she, see, people like records. When the girl dances to the record, choreography already, Corgi, already choreographed the whole nine. 
<laughs> because her name was Candy, right? Mm-hmm. So not only did she dance, he saw money just come out of everywhere. Because, see, back then it wasn't about throwing money. All the money used to go on the garter belts, right? Yep. If a garter belt looked like an afro on the leg, that was the equivalent <laughs> of throwing a bunch of money on the stage. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you could have four, five hundred dollars on the leg, and then you got it double legged. You just got two. Just it, it's a spectacle. <laughs> That's what it's all about. It's a spectacle. There were dudes who go up there so good. and just put that, put them in there, and put them in all neat, and then they would pull them over. That's sexy, right? That is so, sexy. So that right there. Not only did Candy like it, three other girls liked it. So now it's like a radio station. Your record is in rotation. Two weeks later, he brings all his higher-ups because they didn't believe it and they saw it. And then he was like, DCU, you got something here. And then everybody, all the reps would come to me to see what I wanted because I knew that a girl booty shaking to a record is going to make that record pop. It could be the worst record. I broke some of the worst records, but I never call it breaking records because I never took – you can ask anybody. I never took money for records like most DJs do because what happens is you take the money and then you play somebody's record that ain't nobody heard of and the girl's on stage cussing your ass out like, what the fuck is you playing? I can't make no money off this bullshit. That you're don't help money. nobody. You're losing money. At that you're losing money. Everyone, everyone is losing money. Now, yeah. I got $100 in my pocket, but I don't, I don't lost her because she paid me every night. I, the dude is looking like, why is she acting like that? And now he don't spend $100, don't get his money's worth, right? But what I would do, yo, I don't need no money. Just take 100 ones and throw them on the stage. Really? I was like, yeah, I don't need the money. I'm good. And I'd be like, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to do, you know, we had a code word for it, about, about to do this thing. They'd be like, okay, make it look good. <laughs> oh, so they knew. Yeah, they knew. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's coming. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then he play it, and it could be a worse song, but they would be like, they'd be dancing to it. Yeah. It's just like you it. said, it's that energy. Yeah, it's that energy, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And they would have a hundred dollars on stage. Then everybody else would pay them on stage, and now I'm good for years. I get paid every night twenty, thirty dollars for years because I looked out for her, and that's how I did all my girls. So to this day, there's thousands of strippers that love me because I help them make money. Right. You have yeah. to give them money. If you teach people how to make money, that is way more important than you yeah. giving them money. Yeah, if I, I put them on game, be like, look, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. You can do this, that, that, this is real simple. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and people, women just look at me like, and I'll be like, you good. I don't need nothing. You good. I just want you to be better. I want you, I want to help you get yours because ain't nobody going to give you shit. <laughs> right. Ever. That, that resonates. Like I, I watch girls, you know, like, like you're saying, it's a, it's a slow night. Yeah. And they got the stank face on. Oh and my it's God. like if, if, a, if a girl would just, like you said, come with that energy, that one, two, five people, they're going to just gravitate to her. And it's all easier said than done. Yes. I'll, this shit ain't easy by no stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. But it's, gotta, it's, it's what's got to be done. The alternative is not going to get you no bread. It's going to make you bitter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and like, you know, that's why my whole mindset is I try to turn trauma into treasure. We were in a, we just, we were in a 20-year lawsuit over what there it is. But I could have wow. looked at the glass half empty. Everybody went through the same shit. Yeah. Everybody probably been in here who been an artist 
been through that shit where they didn't get what they think they should have got. Some people didn't get nothing ever. Was that was that from from someone using it or a record label? Oh, stuff? that was so that was Royalties. from so that so that's how the whole game works. Birdman made some money. That's how the whole thing works. <laughs> if you know the game and somebody else don't know the game, yeah, that's it funny. ain't their responsibility to tell you the game, right? Mm-hmm. It's not their response. That's why I tell people ain't nobody gonna give you shit. So I take full responsibility as a young man because I am a man, and the sooner you take responsibility for your fuck up the quicker you'll be able to get back on your feet and you won't turn into an old, bitter rapper. Because <laughs> we all know old, bitter rappers who didn't get theirs and now they're pissed off and they old, right? Yeah. And you can't talk that shit when you old and don't got nothing to show for it, right? But I looked at the glass half full. I said, well, shit, I'm going to get, I know I'm going to get my day in court because there's two record companies fighting over this these rights. I still got my writer's share, so I still make a good living. I'm luckier than most, but then the real chunk, people's fighting over. So you better become a paralegal so you can know what the hell's going on with your thing because there it is is my child. Mm -hmm. And it's like my child got ripped away from me, and I can't do nothing, right? So so you you don't have the catalog to that? No, we got we got the catalog, the catalog. but yeah. that's the that's the whole story. Yeah. I could have just quit, no. became an old bitter rapper. <laughs> yeah. But every time we would go to the label, they would give us boxes of just paperwork, all because they they were hire companies that did the PR, go get all the stuff out there, all the articles, everything, right? And I was like, man, what the hell I'm gonna do with all this? But then I would just say, put it in a FedEx box, ship it to my mom. She put it in a trunk in the basement, and that shit came back to serve me so well later on, and. I just started studying. I learned what, why were they fighting? What's emotion? How does how do you go to trial? What's discovery? How do you set it up? Where what where do I go to look at case studies? Right, I'm paying for old cases so I can equate my situation to what other people have been through. Because Biz Markie got hit first with just yeah. a friend. He got he got his mouth ripped out. Right, because everybody was using samples. Every, like most yeah. people got away right. with it. Until we got there, like ninety man, Vanilla Ice got his mouth ripped out. Yep. Everybody, everybody's been through this, right? But it's what you do and how you keep going. And for me, I just kept chugging along. And it's like two thousand three. I'm sitting in a movie theater, and I'm watching Will Ferrell dance on the fucking table to my song. <laughs> and in the back of my head, I'm like pissed off, right? But I had to put that. I had to sequester that because that's my ego and my pride. And then I said, but what's the half, what's the glass half full? Motherfucker, you got your record in a hit Christmas movie that is going to play forever during Christmas time. It is up to you to go get your money. Who said that? Was that Albert today? Somebody said, said the whoop, there it is, was a Christmas song. Yeah, because it, it was in Elf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And Somebody so it's up to today. me to go get my money. Now, I have to sequester all them feelings because... <laughs> I'm in there, and is, I'm like, is that him dancing? That's him dancing. <laughs> I'm sitting in a movie theater, like, what the fuck? Did you know before you went to watch? No, it? that's that oh, was the problem. That's even crazy. It's like they nuts. made the deal without me. It's one thing to go watch it because yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. then I'm, I'm just sitting there looking, laughing at the movie, and it's all, all of a sudden, whoop, there it is coming. I'm like, these motherfuckers. Now, when you guys, when you guys did the record deal, did you have management at that time, or or, or did you kind of do that on your own? We had man. Hey, man. I mean, not that that you was saving say, anything. You but. can say you have management. You can <laughs> say you have legal. Mm-hmm. 
But if they don't know what the hell they doing, yeah. you're still screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did so everything. A, a lot of people. We are did using everything we wanted. We, we were supposed to do right. Yeah. And we we hired a lawyer. We hired. Uh, we had management, but we was we was doomed from the beginning because if your lawyer don't know about music publishing, yeah, 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 and know that there's two sides of music publishing, and we only cleared the sample on one side, didn't clear the sample on the other, that's a problem. Yeah. Right. But that's what happened. It wasn't because we didn't try. It's just because that's how fate did it did us. So now our career stopped because they're about to put a stop on whoop. There it is. If y'all don't pay us, we're going to take all of them off the shelves. We got a million records out there. Right. So we go back to and, and this is the thing. This is how it happened. I'll never forget. It was um, Blizzard of 93. And I put made some cassettes just before we even got the deal. And it was the blizzard of 93, and the blizzard started on a Friday. I had the cassettes in on a Wednesday. I went back the next week. It was in two record stores, and we had sold like 800 cassettes in one weekend. Us, so we sold out, and 8-Ball and MJG's first album sold out. <laughs> right? And I knew. That's in Atlanta? Yeah, it's in Atlanta. So when I was telling you that uh, we talk about breaking records, Alan Cole was like, who is that? When he heard it the second time I played it. I was like, that's my record. He's like, man, give me that. I'm going to New York. So he goes to New York, gives it to Columbia Records. They're like, we like this. But everything back then was New York, L.A. They didn't know what to do with a record from down south. Yeah. Right? I know that. Nobody knew what to do. So everybody's giving me the runaround. I'm like, this could work with everybody. I give all the reps the record. They send it to everybody. Everybody's like, we want to do something, but we want to. They didn't know what to do. They want to develop you and blah. I was like, man, I ain't got time because (laughs) it's a party saying now there's five other won't there it is records. I was going to ask you that the 95 South had one at the 95 South had one. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Disco Rick had one. I didn't even know Disco Rick had one. Um, But it was just because that scene was so big. Yeah. uh, uh, There was three other groups in Atlanta that had it. Uh, um, A-Town Players had one. Right. So Mm -hmm. what did it for me is I started, I gave it to the radio station, Ryan Cameron. He's at B103 is a station in Atlanta. They didn't play rap. But I gave him the vinyl, well, not the vinyl, but the re- the instrumental, and he would play the instrumental on the music bed. <laughs> and everybody like, what is that song? What's the beat? There's got to be a song to it. And they started requesting the song. And that's how they turned from not playing rap in rotation to playing rap in rotation. And mm. I almost gave up because everybody's giving me the runaround. And Lisa McCall, she worked for a Mercury Records. She was like, you need to call Al Bell. For those who know Al Bell is... In the beginning of soul music, there were three labels. It was Barry Gordy in uh, Motown. It was Philly International. And then it was Stax Records. And Al Bell owned Stax Records. Isaac Hayes and all, all the stuff like that, right? All them old soul classics. And he had put out the record before Daisy Dukes by Dukes. Oh, man. That was and it went gold. Man. I was like, shit. Yes, that's right up my alley. I could go gold. I don't give a damn. I'm just trying to get put on. So I call him. And he called, he, he, he takes him like two weeks to call me back. I damn forgot. He's like, Mr. Glenn. And I'm like, who is this? Like, Al Bell. I was like, hey, man, what's happening? I was like, let me tell you something first off before we can get to talk. I said, I've tested this record. I'm the hottest DJ in the city. I DJ at all the biggest clubs. I said, you need to sign us now because this record is hot. And he was like, okay. And I was like, oh, man, don't be playing with me. I'm playing my motion, Smokey. Right? I was like, you ain't even heard the record. And he was, I'll never forget these words. He was like, brother, 
I don't have to hear the record. I hear it in your spirit. Let's agree to agree. Get this thing moving. Like, bet, gave my two weeks in Magic City, signed a messed up record deal, <laughs> and in a month and a half, tag team was platinum. And the rest oh, is history. Fuck. Right? So when you said you signed a bad deal, that was with the Stacks? Yeah, that was with Al Bell. It was Bellmark oh. Records. Was now, it, 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 was we it, didn't sign a bad deal, but if I had to do it over, it would have been, I would have done it totally different. Yeah, I but I didn't know what, they just, man, record companies back in the day used to just give people, here's a, here's a, here's a contract. And people just sign it. And it'd be stuff in there like you can never own your records again and blah, blah, blah. Like, yep. there's people that yeah, got yeah. really ripe back then, mm-hmm. right? And, like, unbelievably, there's, there's artists that have sold millions of records that didn't get no money from it. Oh, they got a show money. Yeah. So we were actually lucky to be able to always get our show money and always get everything else but the, the, the one side of the publishing. But that was lucrative. So when we're doing records with Disney and all these entities, we get a little bit, but it's like... For every dollar we get, twenty cents, which is still good, if that, right? But you know, it took a lot for me to sequester my pride and my ego, and look at the glass half full, and I've become masterful at it. That's why I don't be arguing with people. <laughs> I got tools for everything that comes because I have watched other people and I try to find the negative, the positive, and the negative. Right. Because that's what you got to do. So like I was explaining to you guys, like there's always somebody getting it and there's always somebody not. Instead of being pissed off that somebody took your cookie. Well, how did they take your cookie? What law did they do that you feel like they did you wrong? The government did you wrong. They obviously made that law to enrich their friends or enrich a, enrich a certain amount of society. So let me go learn that so I can enrich myself, too. You got to be able to adapt or die. And that's what happens. Like everybody, even in the pandemic, everybody is waiting for things to come back the way it used to be. And if you're sitting back here waiting for things to get back the way it used to be, you're going to be sitting here waiting to get back the way it used to be. Because it is a whole new world. It's a whole new frontier out there. And I learned from, I'll never fuck with no spinning no CDs. I'm vinyl all the way. (laughs) What happens if life pass you by? And then you're Mm -hmm. stuck. Now, DJs who used to suck are better than you. Now you can't get no jobs because you don't know how DJ would diss. You don't got no, you know, no uh, CDJs. What? I said that'll never happen. So that's why that's what really started me with education. Learn every fucking thing I can learn. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to update. Mm-hmm. That, that is. I still run into people all the time that have been in the music game forever, and they're like, "I'm on a cracked version of Ableton 2. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, come on, man! Like, what are you gonna do when one of these big artists want to work with you? They don't. They're not gonna. This is what I, I just hey, learned on this, man. And then I've learned how to. This is my. I coined this phrase, trademarked it. Learn how to learn. It's not enough to just learn. You gotta learn how to learn, right? So I use all these tools to help me learn. Fa- like I listen to four or five courses a day, but what I'll do is I'll download that course. Make it all one course. It might be 45 minutes. Then listen to it like Alvin, Alvin and Chipmunk speed. <laughs> because if it's a 45-minute course, I can listen to it in 20 minutes and still pick up more than I'm going to pick up by going through it the first time. You're going to have to go through it five or six times. You don't just listen to a course and then you know it. you got to listen to it over and over and over and over, especially hard stuff. So I, I, I put it on speed. 
I'll be working and it'd be just wait a minute. Okay. Note to self. Write it down. Oh, that's how they do that. Then I can go back to the game tape. All it is is game tape. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why Tom Brady is Tom Brady, because all he do is study film. All I do is study film, right? I study film of other rappers, other nineties groups. I study everybody. You know, it's interesting you said that because in the in you know, in, in my career, you know, I, I that's what I did. I studied what people were doing and you know, we had a pretty similar thing. We uh you know, we she had gone on a on a podcast and it was, mm-hmm. you know, just kinda not really going the way you know, that we would have liked, it was, it was kind of like, uh, I don't even know how to say it. Disrespectful. S- disrespectful, sexist towards yeah. girls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she was really mad. And I mean, I knew what she was mad about because I listened to it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, uh, before we just lash out at, at these people, like, let, let's try to figure out why they're. Find the positive for the negative. Yeah. Yes. And the yes. thing is, is, you know, thankfully there's a big age gap between mm-hmm. us. And so I knew, you know, I'm like, just hold on. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just see where they're going with this. Yeah. And it came back around and now we know. And I mean, there's still some debate there, but that's why I say, yes. keep it open. Keep it to open. Any podcast. I don't care if it's two people listening or 200,000 or 2 million or 20 million, because I've done podcasts with racists. I've done po- I've got, I've gotten blindsided by doing a podcast with, some trans people or some drag queens or somebody Whoa. that's foreign, Whoa. right? But you bet you can't just be like, what the? Like, never mind. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta yeah, be. No, you gotta. Yeah. You gotta be like, oh, okay. So explain to me what, 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 what? Flip it on them. You, you flip it on them, <laughs> yeah. right? Because like, mm-hmm. I'm good at interviewing as well. Like, I gotta sit here and interview anybody because I know how to lead people to talk about what about themselves. But then I know SEO, so I know what you already want to do. So I can say, well, tell me about this, because I know it's something that helps you get in front of people that can pay you. So now mm-hmm. you're telling everybody what you're doing. Like me writing this book, I'm not writing a book because I want to write a book and be a famous author. I'm writing this book because I'm trying to change the book game, right? Because everybody gets fugazied by the accomplishment. Look, Ma, I'm a published author. I'm on Amazon. Yeah, but you ain't sell no fucking books. because i have software where i can look at what you do i can look at your statistics i know how to do analytics i know what you're doing speaking of that software what was that software in music i know there was something that that showed analytics like polestar was it polestar that who who was the like bought your most albums like no no well polestar is like ticket sales you're talking about uh i used to uh, have to look at that um I can't like remember what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Soundscan, Sound and then you had one for radio, so and that, then you had they media based BDS. Yeah. They would have me studying that, and yeah. something something very weird is you know, and this and this this is going to Eminem. His highest selling of his album was in Seattle, not even Detroit. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, like those numbers never make sense. Like they, they never like, yeah. did make but sense. They, but they do make sense. But they, yeah, they do make you sense. See what I'm saying? Because so now you know where to go. You're thinking, yeah, you're thinking one story. way, and you, you're stuck on your way of thinking, mm-hmm. when that is not the reality, right? It's the, the data is telling you what it is. Mm-hmm. So if you are resisting the data, you're doing yourself a disservice because now you can go get that money in Seattle all day long, and then Seattle spreads to Portland. Portland spreads to Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City spreads to Idaho. Then you, that's how we broke wound. There it is. We could have stayed in the Southeast, but there was too many records in the Southeast. So we went 
and we kept everybody confined to the southeast when we took the rest of the country. <laughs> what what would you say your what what was your favorite place I guess to play? All over, even if it was out of the. It, we've been so many places. I could just, just say tell you, U.S. Just off the U.S. Could, to start. I could tell you our best show ever was the Hippodrome in London, because we weren't even supposed to perform. It was C.C. Peniston's show. It was like '94. Oh wow! I was just talking and about we're it. over. We're over in London, and we're just we're supposed to do something the next day. And I went to the hip, and it looked like Mad Max, and it, it looked like that, with like a thousand people just all over. And the stage rose up out of the ground with hydro, 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 not hydroponics, but hydraulics. <laughs> I'm looking at that thing over there. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, can we perform? I went to the, the uh, radio uh, program director. I said, hey, man, can we perform? We just want to perform. Just like, hell yeah, you can. <laughs> we got in a London taxi, went back to the hotel to get the dat. So you know yeah. I'm telling the truth because I said that. Yeah, <laughs> that got that. That was like that never like it never got mainstream. Like it was just it was like a tape, but a smaller yeah, like no. better that technology supposedly digital okay, audio okay, tape. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a little bitty tape like. But that. It, it was I never used, used outside of the yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it never got in the home. I carried the debt. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it was like someone bringing a flash drive at these days. <laughs> we went and they took us down the basement and we came up. And when I said party people, <laughs> that is the most that is the most energy I've ever felt from an audience. And they were so happy. And it was just incredible. And I'll never forget it. Now, in the United States, doing the Budweiser Superfest was 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 epic. Cause that was we were on tour with SWV, MC Light, Bell Bib DeVoe, Shy, uh oh, Shy. Yep, Shy. Uh, who else? MC Light, and sometimes Queen Latifah. Yeah. Yep. Dude. And 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 Silk. Silk. Right? Yeah. 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 So they just mixed Silk. it up, and yeah. we were we opened right. So back then, that was you know your ego was bruised a little bit because you got to open. Now, I love to open because then I get to go home. <laughs> yeah. You're but with, at the same time, we're the tip of the sword because yeah. we come out with such energy. Everybody else is like, damn, I don't even go up after them. Hard to follow that. You got to go after us. Yeah, I make sure that it's like that. That's why every show we do is different. I make the show sometimes. I'll make the show that day. I might come two days early just so I can sit in the hotel room and make the show. Mix all that stuff up, cut it up, boom, boom, boom. Go out, listen to it in the car, come back. Old school, right? Mm -hmm. Make that thing 20 minutes. It's 20 minutes on a dot. Don't even. All you got to do is push one button. And boom, it's energy the whole time. Dropouts, bringbacks, zooms up, zoom down, make the crowd do this, make them do that. By the time it's over, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. Exactly. Like, I expect, motherfuckers was jamming. I expect you just to come to one song and they just no, 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 no. But that comes from, you know, that comes from experience, mm -hmm. right? You put us anywhere and we're going to do the same thing because I'm going to do the research. I'm going to know where I'm at. I'm going to look at the crowd. Like that's Steve cool, often asks cool. me, man, what are we doing tonight? I was like, I don't know until I get there. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I wore myself early out in the day during Fremont because 
sound check it was packed down there. So I performed twice. <laughs> Cause I did well, sound check a, myself. That's a hard venue to sound check oh, yeah. because you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because everybody's there still anyways. there. Yeah, everybody said <laughs> it was 500 people in front, and I was that's like crack rock to me. Yeah, I went hard. That was the best sound check. I, that was a performance. <laughs> then I took pictures and signed autographs and everything. Drank beer with people, and we had a good time. And people appreciate that shit. They, yeah, they really do. do, man, and that's what makes it special. Gives that's it what, that longevity that's what, too. That's what keeps me going. I know I can do this forever, because and then so that is part of it. But really, the part I love is that I never give up, right? Like I started my whole self help thing. You know, I had to swallow my pride and go back to the club, right? Because I thought I could. All right, you want to keep my money? I'm about to sue y'all. You know. Got a little bit of money. They got a lot of money. <laughs> My little bit of money was gone, right? So I had to go back. But I went back to DJing. DJing has always saved my life. But then when that I was went, a song, right? Yep. DJ, DJ saved my life. Hey, but it yep. saved it really saved my life because then now I get to hustle again. But I'm I'm on a no whole nother perspective of hustling because now I'm into the self help thing. I'm learning from Anthony Robbins and Zig Ziglar and all this stuff. You know, I'm like, wow. I'm trying to apply it to the street game. What do you think of uh, Gary V? Incredible. Incredible. Okay, good. But that's, see, that's, that's the guy. Here's the beautiful. Here's the beauty of it. Everybody wonders how he does. How does he make his money? Yeah, actually. I know how he makes his money. It took me years to figure out how Grant Cordon and all these cats make their money. I know how they make their money now. How do they make? Please their money? tell me on Gary yeah, V. Come on. <laughs> so, so Gary V. I know it's not from garage sailing. No, nah, but it can be. It can't okay, so think about it. Think about it, man. He started off selling the wine, right? Yep. So if I'm selling wine and I'm doing my marketing, well, let me get with some people and cut them a piece on every bottle I sell. So if a bottle is $30, let me give them five. That's called affiliate marketing. But if I come to you and say, hey, man, I'm in affiliate marketing, you start thinking Ponzi scheme, Bernie Madoff, <laughs> flowers, all uh, pyramid schemes, all that crap, because it's, it's so many different intricacies of marketing and they're mostly scams. But if you got people who know SEO or know how to market and you cut them in on a piece, now you've got 50 people marketing for you on your product, you're selling a whole lot of product. Because you're cutting everybody. A See, piece. I always wondered that because yeah, I hear they do stuff out here, yeah, like yeah. affiliate shows, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, what are you could do that with real real estate. You could do that with real estate courses. You could do that with anything because all it is, what's what's the restaurant everybody loves in 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 Vegas? What's what's the restaurant you love? Uh, Barry Steakhouse. Okay, so Barry Steakhouse. Shout out to Richard Wilk on that yeah. one. Yeah. So so you like <laughs> yeah. Barry Steakhouse, and you swear by it, and you tell people about it. And like, you got to go to Barry's Steakhouse. But when you go, take this little piece of paper and give it to them so they know that I sent you. So they go. They have a good time. Boom, boom, boom. Everything is great. They spend $400 on the dinner. Next thing you know, you get a check in the mail for 20 The more people you tell, the more $20 you get. So if you could tell 100 people $20, that's just one thing you use. If there's a hair care product you like. If there's a, you know, mascara that you, everything, when I say you are enough, you are enough because you help other pro you can help other products sell their product and get a cut. 
Like, right, that's why I'm going back and forth to San Francisco. I'm affiliates for, dang it, I'm going to be affiliate for Chat GDP, GTP for all these AI companies because I know that I can sell, but I never say AI. I say, I got a piece of software that, you know, I have a tool. That's what I say. I have a tool that helps a high school kid learn and become a better writer at the same time. He would struggle with writing, but now he writes flawlessly. He's better at it and he enjoys it now. That's such a better story than I use this AI software and I can just <laughs> push a button and it makes my stuff for me. That's how you're presenting. Because that's not how it, that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody's all scared. Like, yeah, I was going to take over. They're going to take my job. That's not, that's not how it works. You have to know how to use it. You use it because this is how, this is what it did for me. What would take me three months to do, I can now do in two hours. Because all we got is time. Ain't nobody got no time to waste, right? So I know how to promote their product. So if I teach people how to use it, because everybody wants to use it, how do I do that? Well, I use a software called Simrush that tells me how many people are searching a month for something. How can I be a better writer? Somebody woke up in their drawers and typed that into Google. Because they struggle writing, right? Every every day we get up and we type something into Google because we need a question answered. Well, if I'm on the other end and I see that there's 7,000 people asking that question and I got the solution to it, I could just write a blog post be like, you do this, like just like I'm doing this podcast, I could take this podcast, transcribe it, take the pieces that I know can sell something, expand upon it. Now I got a blog post and somebody I'm answering somebody's questions in full and they're like, all I got to use is that software and it'll show me how to do this. Yep. And I'll make more videos to show you how to use it better. And then you could do a mastermind. I'll have a mastermind and you could pay me to consult with you. Or I'll send you to somebody that could teach you. Right. Mm. So now what have I done? I've just mentioned four products that helped me in my hustle. But one product, I get $200 if someone signs up. Another product, I get a recurring fee of a percentage, 10, 15% if they sign up. Another one, I might get 50% because it's a big ticket item, but they're all things I use to help me hustle, right? So now the recurring is the best one because we all got gym memberships and they all recur. <laughs> and you're like, damn, I done paid a whole year and ain't been in this motherfucker, <laughs> right? right? My, but my. if somebody else hooked you up to it with that, you might pay 50 bucks a month, but they get 10. What do you think of the OnlyFans? OnlyFans. <laughs> but see. That's okay. reoccurring. No, it is reoccurring. But see, yep. there's nobody helping somebody. If a person has. So if, I, so if I was a hot, beautiful, voluptuous babe doing my thing on OnlyFans, <laughs> I would have people out there blowing me up who knew how to market. And I would give them a cut. That's how you do it. It's like if I'm getting this recurring fee. If they're paying $20 from me, let me give you five. Now you're going to go out and you're going to blow her up because you're already a fan, but you know how to do digital marketing. So now you're going to bring thousands of people to her and you get that little $5, but she get 15 when she wouldn't have got 15 doing it by herself because yeah. you got to get out there and you got to get in front of people. And then you, now you're in competition with everybody else. Yes. So if everybody's out there doing the same thing, you can't win. You can win because it's the it's it's full, right? But you know the game. 
The game is, there's a new one coming. That's why I love the club. That's why I've never had a woman because there's always <laughs> a new girl every day. Every day. 365. Every, and, and this, is, this was my thing at the strip club. I would get a big box of candy. <laughs> Old school candy. <laughs> Jolly Ranchers, Twix, Sugar Daddies, all your favorite childhood candy. Be full to the rim, big ass box. And now every girl in the club is coming to the DJ booth getting candy. Hell yeah. <laughs> now I impose my will. Any new girl, hey, you want some candy? Shit, you. Oh my God, I like that DJ. He got candy. <laughs> but now I get to impose my will. Say, so what's up? How you doing? What's your name? Let me teach you how to get this money, okay? And then you, I, become, I become their mother, their brother, their uncle, their pimp, whatever. What? But you know what I'm yeah. saying? Whatever, no, whatever, whatever, it takes. Whatever, whatever they need, whatever they need, I become that, right? Because yeah. some people, some people think they need certain things, but then I'm also educating them. Like you ain't got to do that. I taught a lot of girls how to. I would send them to Edward Jones. I'd be like, just go talk to the lady; she can help you. Now I got girls with a book at the end of the night writing down how much they made, because they're now in a C court, and they now get to take full advantage of all the tax breaks that Bill Gates gets. And all the tax breaks that, you know, Elon Musk is. That's why they pay zero in taxes because that system is designed for corporations. So that's a that's a C corp. C corp. C corp. See, everybody's talking LLC, right? Yeah. Get an LLC. Get an LLC. Well, LLC. You know, LLC is good. I I, I can't knock it, right? But LLC don't get the same tax breaks as a C corp. It's limited. Limited liability corporation. Are you? Do you think you're still covered just as much with the C Corp as you are in LLC? What do you mean covered? Like, uh, you know, when they say you're talking about the personal and the business separation. Yeah, that's all. It, that's all it's for. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. But that's why that's literally what it's for. Is so you can say you're looking for a tax haven, right? To where yeah. I'm, I need shelter from tax for my company, right? So now you're an LLC, but. You can com- you can combine LLCs with a C corp. A C corp can run an LLC. A C- LLC can run a C corp. There's all kind of combinations you could do. I just stick mm. with the C corp because I learned. I do my own bookkeeping. Damn DC, why don't you buy some pay somebody? No, because they do it wrong. <laughs> now I know every penny goes every every. I know where every penny goes, and that's one of those hustles that I can say, okay, y'all want to learn how to do your own books. So y'all can keep more of your money. Here's what I did. That's why the, the name of my new site that's coming is called this is what I do dot net. Dot net. That's all it is. <laughs> what, this is what, dot com already? No, no, yeah, yeah. But this, but that's it's, it's <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm gonna SEO it to where it don't even matter if it's dot com dot io right, dot right, whatever. Right, right. It's gonna, gonna be all the hits anyway. I'm gonna be the first on every learning page there is. Right? One's called that. One's called learnhowtolearn.com. That's for learn just the average people. Learn. And then the other one's called putyouongame.com. That's for, for us street folks. <laughs> yeah. Because then I can talk like myself and write like myself and put people on game and make and come up with practical solutions on how to do shit. See, this is, this is what I want to do with OnlyFans and hustling on webcam because it, it is a... So, so if you just jump into it, you ain't going to know what to do. Exactly. But... If you do your own bookkeeping, you learn how to use. Well, how do you use QuickBooks? QuickBooks was very difficult, but I found a tutor. I got a company called Out of Box yeah, Technology. Was. Right? 
I got a lady, her name Mary Hunter. I could spend an hour with her. I spent three sessions with her. I knew how to use QuickBooks. If I get stuck, I got somebody I can call, and we can do an hour, and I can record it. Now I got it forever. I got every session we've ever done recorded, right? Every I started voiceover in 09. Every session I got has recorded. I record everything. If I'm paying for it, I'm recording it. <laughs> if I'm <laughs> paying pay for, for a class, yeah, I'm yeah. paying for I'm, I'm recording it. Yeah. Now I got archives of all kind of stuff. So when the pandemic came, pandemic's greatest thing ever happened to me. 